0: Back to another episode of Heart on the Hill. As always, I'm your host, Micah Hart. It has been a while since I've gotten to talk to you about politics, and I had a wonderful break off, but I am more than ready to start this back up and fill you in on everything happening in DC and beyond. So, without further ado, let's get things started. So, since the last episode, A lot has happened that I really just want to go in and unpack, and although it may not be current news, there are a lot of stories that I want to give some commentary on and really focus on, because I think they have a lot of importance looking forward for Democrats, Republicans, just everyone right now. There's so much that happened in D.C. over the last month and a few weeks or so. There's just so much going on, so let's just get started on unpacking that with, obviously, this first story... I'm going to talk to you about is the House Speaker race. So the Speaker of the House race was very heated. And if you're like me, C-SPAN became a reality TV. I'm sure it did for many other Americans as well as myself. And it took 15 rounds for Kevin McCarthy to secure the Speaker's gavel. Now, during this whole debacle, former President Donald Trump received a nomination from Representative Matt Gates of Florida who is one of the Republican holdouts. Take a listen to his nomination of Trump. My friends, when Donald Trump was president, taxes were cut, regulations were slashed, energy was abundant, wages were rising, capital was returning from overseas to fund the dreams and ambitions of our fellow Americans, and the economy was roaring. What a contrast to what we have seen from this administration now No, I, I think this whole situation was just crazy. There was so much drama involved in all of it. And I think it was it was really eye opening for me to watch as somebody who's involved in politics and really does care about what's going on in our country. I mean, I watched and I think there are things that, you know, I think it's good to say, you know what, let's stand up for these things. Let's get some rule changes. I think that was important. There needed to be some rule changes in the House that weren't necessary. And I'm happy that we're getting some reform from what we have seen with Nancy Pelosi and her leadership in the House prior. I'm very happy that we're getting that change. But it also, on the other hand, made the Republican Party look broken. And, you know, I will say... When you're in the majority, you probably will end up looking a little more broken because you now have the power. You have to figure things out. The minority, the Democrats were just like, Hakeem Jeffries, yes, every time. And they can do that because they're not going to win that race. They had to know that. But if they look unified, at least they can say they look unified. Republicans knew they had something going for them. They had to put somebody strong in there. And so they did take their time. And, you know, I do respect and applaud the work done. However, I will say... It really looks bad, especially given the state of the Republican Party, I think, right now. I think a lot of people, I think we saw this with midterms, Republicans didn't fare as well as they should have. And I think that there is this thing going on right now where Republicans are at a crossroads. And I think we'll see that with 2024 coming up on us now for the presidential election. There's a crossroads to where country goes, but especially where also the Republican Party goes. And the Republican Party has multiple options. And I think we're seeing this play out even in a speaker's race of where do people stand in the Republican Party? How is the Republican Party going to operate from here on out and what changes need to be made? And how can Republicans try to look unified and present strong policies that will go after the in my opinion, crazy and so strong opinions and policies that Biden and the Senate Democrats are pushing and have pushed and that House Democrats were pushing when they had leadership. I think there needs to be a strong opposition to that. And I'm happy that Republicans are trying to be that opposition because for two years, we, we've really seen the Biden administration and what they're doing As somebody who believes in limited government and really protection of we the people, the Biden administration fails to do that. And what have we seen over these past two years? We've seen chaos. Biden said he was going to build back better. He was going to build a better future. But we're building back broken. We're building back with an America that's struggling with a struggling economy We're struggling at the border. We have a crisis going on down there and what's being done. And I hope Republicans live up to their words and take action. They don't just say we're going to do something. They do it. They go out there and they try to be the reform that is needed in this country to move forward. And I hope that they can play that out and start to see a future for 24 and see where that takes them. I think that these next two years will be highly influential in the Republican Party and in shaping where the Republican Party goes from here. And I'm also interested, I want to say, with the Democrats and to see where they go, especially with Hakeem Jeffries now as their minority leader, to see really the push he makes and the influence he has. I think it'll be very interesting to see also the role Nancy Pelosi takes now, What what's going on there with her now. It's going to be definitely an interesting struggle with power. And to see how it all plays out will be fascinating. And I'll be here to unpack it all with you as we go throughout these several months and years of this administration and these the House of Representatives and the Senate. So stay tuned for that in the coming weeks. So one of the new representatives from New York is George Santos. He is a Republican and there's already a lot of controversy surrounding him, and he's only been in office for a few weeks. So let's just get in this. There's a lot to unpack here, and I'm going to try to just explain it as best as I can to you. But George Santos is under a lot of fire for things such as lying about his resume, places he's worked, where he's attended college, the death of his mo- um how his mother died, things like that. There is a lot of accusations against him and who he even is, you know, people are questioning every little aspect of his life. And there's been things brought out against him with money and stuff. And so he is under a lot of fire. And even from Republicans, zero Republicans from his state delegation and others who are saying, hey, you know, uh, maybe it's time for you to resign. To step back because this is not who the people voted for. And I, I really think I've been following this for a bit now. I believe he should resign. George Santos needs to resign. Step aside. Allow for somebody else to take over. And, you know, I I think the thing with this is Republicans are so tight in number right now. They are a slim majority. Very slim. They need all the votes they can get. And every vote matters. And so there's this interesting thing playing out where what side do we take? What side do Republicans really take? Because they're like, well, we need all the votes. But also, mm, is this something we should be supportive of and be like, yeah, he can just stay in. And I will say there are some who are saying, yeah, he did nothing illegal. And that so far from the evidence we have. Okay, I do agree. You know, if we don't know if he did anything illegal, okay, makes sense. But also, there is this to me, I think he should resign because it's unfair to the people who voted for him and the people he represents. Because they did not vote for the person that they thought they were. They voted for something, imagination of a thing that isn't truly what it is. That's who they voted for. George Santos isn't the person they thought he was. And so now they're being represented by this person who's completely different or said different things, and now they don't know. What do we know about him? That's my question. And I'm frustrated by this because it just annoys me that we have these people in government who we try to trust and we try to say, please go represent me. And we just see this. It's annoying to me. And I think it's an abuse of power and a de- and it's just for this desire of power that can sometimes get in the way. And I'm not saying that's why he did it. But I think that it's just such a corrupt thing in that this person wanted this seat and they did all- said all these things and they can keep it. I just think it's not fair time to reevaluate you know republicans would still have the majority don't worry about that but also try to do the right thing there are times when we need to put politics and party aside and do the right thing that's what we the people want we the people need to be represented by people like us who we can trust and that seems to be thrown out the window that you know These politicians, in my opinion, just go to D.C. and they just do things and they take actions. And a lot of the times, I feel like America goes unheard. I feel like when people go to D.C., sometimes they forget about us. And there are some great representatives and senators out there who I truly feel are doing a great job. But there are often times where it feels like Americans are just left behind. And, like, we, the people aren't being heard and represented properly and santos really makes it look bad for the republican party in being like we are the party of accountability we're the party of integrity we are the party of the people it just gives it a bad taste when you somebody like this has all these issues and all these things they lied about And we're like, oh, yeah, you're in our party and, you know, you're a representative and you're here right now and we are working with you and you're on committees. You know, he is on lower committees, but still, nonetheless, he's on committees. It's just not it's unsettling to me. And, you know, I think that's a big thing republicans need to look at all people need to look at what are the quality of candidates being put up on all sides and do they represent us and are they trustworthy which you know is a question we have with government anyways can you ever trust the government so I think there's a lot to unpack there and think about and I think we'll see over the next several weeks really what unfolds in this whole situation so stay tuned for that as well So, 20 documents were originally found in President Biden's home and office that he used after his time as vice president. After this, a 13-hour FBI visit to Biden's Delaware home, according to CNN, led to six documents being taken from the Wilmington home. Just a few days later... Um, documents have been found at former Vice President Mike Pence's house. A lawyer for Pence found about a dozen classified documents in the Indiana home, according to CNN. Sources told CNN that he turned those materials over to the FBI and the National Archives were alerted and the classified documents were brought to D.C. to be reviewed by the archives. Now, this is just an interesting situation we're seeing unfold over a course of months because we saw Trump with classified docs, Biden and And Pence, really right now it's who who doesn't have them who doesn't have these classified all these classified docs at their homes and as i was saying it's unsettling in the last segment with george santos this is the reason why how we trust people how we trust politicians how we trust the government this is a reason why personally i struggle to sometimes and i think this story to me is interesting not only because the president had docs at his house But also because we saw how Trump was treated. And I think there needs to be the same treatment of both. Both are wrong. All of them. Mike Pence, everything, wrong. They shouldn't be there. I don't care. Nothing should be there. No classified documents. They should all be where they need to be. National Archives should have everything. Everything should be where in its proper place. And I think we're seeing this really just abuse of that power and neglect of that power right now. And I think we continually are seeing it too. It was Trump biden pence it's happening and it's unsettling and i think there needs to be an accountability for anyone involved anyone who has these there needs to be some sort of accountability and i think this is going to be an interesting thing we're going to have to watch for especially as we approach 2024 with these the presidential election i think you're going to have to watch out for a lot of attacks on documents on all sides, really. They're going to be going at it about this because this is really about the integrity. I mean, Biden did run as this person who, you know, we're going to bring back this trust and we're going to bring back this accountability. I mean, I know people who really liked Biden because of that. And they said, yeah, I trust him more than I trust Trump. But then we get this and we get issues like this as well. we both did it. So how can you trust him over the other one? There seems to just be this issue now where is Biden trustworthy? You know, I have n- not found him to be ever, but some people do. And I think there's going to have to be that reevaluation. And I think both sides, if it ever came down to Biden and Trump again, that is going to be a big issue that will come to this forefront. I think you know, the Trump strategy would be very smart to go after this and say, hey, look what you had, Joe. Um, I think it'd be a very interesting thing to see. And there will definitely be a law on that, I think, as we get closer to 2024. <music> Elon Musk met with Speaker of the House McCarthy and House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries of New York on Thursday, according to NBC. Musk said he discussed Twitter with them, which he purchased back in October. Now, The Twitter thing is a lot to follow, and I've tried following it as much as I can, but it does get confusing. Technology is not my thing all the time. But I think it's really interesting that Musk met with both of them, and I appreciate it. I think that there has been such a issue with conservatives and social media, and that there needs to be a discussion about what is going on with social media, where's the accountability, what's going on on all sides. Because the social media everyone should be held to the same standard. Companies shouldn't be censoring certain people over another. Everyone who is making terrible claims and being bad on both sides should be censored. But those who aren't, and you know, there's nothing wrong and they're just, maybe they're conservative, you know what? Or maybe they're far right or far left, whatever, Uh, whatever side of the aisle you're on. There should be this, you know what? Maybe I don't agree with you, but you should be able to have your post up. Unless it's obviously offensive, then you shouldn't be able to. But if it's just a post, you should be able to have that up and not be censored. The, the censorship has gone so far and is such a toxic part of social media when you feel like just because you're a certain be- you have a certain belief point and you're on a certain side of the aisle, you can't post or you can't have an opinion. Why? what we need to have discussions about this this is a big issue that i think is dividing our country and making it so strongly torn apart right now and i'm happy that musk is having these conversations with with um members of congress i think it's important necessary and i think it should eventually i hope it does help bridge some of the rifts and gaps that we're seeing and i think you know, we'll, only time will tell with this kind of thing, what the implications of social media and political parties. But I think we hopefully maybe are making some steps. I'm not obviously confident about that because, I mean, I still believe social media does have extreme censorship of conservatives. But I think, you know, at least we're having conversations so far. <music> According to a recent ABC article, Democrats have launched a dad's caucus with the main goal of focusing on issues that affect families. Four Democrats lo- launched this caucus. The four members are Rep. Representatives Jimmy Gomez of California, Andy Kim of New Jersey, Dan Goldman of New York, and Rep. Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, who is a member of the Moms in the House. According to the ABC article, the group hopes to focus on issues such as paid leave, the child tax credit, and affordable child care. As ABC Reports and The Washington Post reported last week, there is a bipartisan group of House members looking to work on family leave, which is led by Democrat Representative Chrissy Holohan of Pennsylvania and Republican Rep. from Oklahoma, Stephanie Bice. The two are joined by Republican Representatives Julia Letlow of Louisiana and Marionette Miller-Meeks of Iowa and Democrat Representatives Haley Stevens of Michigan and Colin Alred of Texas. This group is set to form a new task force to discuss a paid leave system for the country. I think this is a really interesting thing with the dad's caucus. I think it's I'm really intrigued by it and seeing, you know, family values being put at the front again. And, you know, I think I have my own values of where I believe family values are and I really ascribe to um, more conservative views of that. But I think it is interesting to see that there's a dad's caucus now with Democrats. And I think that's a really interesting thing to point out and um, get into. And I think, you know, I think we do have to really focus on the family. I think the family is the heart of this nation, that strong families can help create strong people, strong leaders, strong citizens. I think we really need to go back to the fundamentals Of what it means to be an American. What it means to be a person. I think family. Family is what gives us values. Family is what instills things into us. I mean that at least for me has been the case. I think we really need to get back to. Go back to square one and really focus on these things. And I'm happy that there are bipartisan discussions going on. On family leave. On different things affecting families every day. That really need to be talked about. I think we're in a new era, I think, and there needs to be focus on how do we move forward, but also how do we preserve what our country has been and need was and the greatness that our country is and the people of our country who make it great. And I think that that really starts with the family. And I'm happy to see this work being done in a bipartisan way. You know, the caucus is Democrats, but this other thing is a bipartisan group. With this task force. So we'll see where that goes. There's not much on that yet. They're set to meet pretty soon in February. So we'll see how that all unfolds. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode of Hard on the Hill. I am so thankful you took the time to listen. I hope you have a great week and that, you know, you just always are able to just look at politics, sit back and just Look at it, but never just get too stressed by it. Because at the end of the day, we're all people. We all have lives. We all have so much more than just politics. There's so much more to life. So have a great day. And thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Heart on the Hill. I'm Micah Hart for Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7. Have a great day. Oh,